Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and we have a very special guest on our podcast for today. We have Lois Timberberg, and she is an author, a speaker, an all-around great lady when it comes to helping people understand the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. I've read, I think, all of her books, um, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, and that was one of my favorites, Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus, and then um, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, and uh, reading the language of the Bible. So I've been able to learn a lot from Lois over the years, and I really appreciate her work and have a lot of respect for her. So Lois, we're super excited to have you here on the show. And I can see that there's a trend in nearly all your writings that all the titles of your book have to have Rabbi Jesus in them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I, I seem to be... I seem to be addicted to this motif. I think I'm on the verge of overusing it. And people tease me that my next book is going to be like swimming, no, jumping in the Jordan with Rabbi Jesus. That's great. (laughs) Something like that, you know. So the next one, I promise, might be different. That's excellent. Jumping in the, I'm going to read that just because of the title. (laughs) There you go. That's the reason. Yeah. Yep. Swimming across the Sahara with Rabbi Jesus. No, just, that's, that's it. right. Well, Lois, we're not here to help you figure out the title of your next book. Lord knows we wouldn't be much help with that, would we, Mark? No, I don't think no. so. No. <laughs> so, but Lois, why don't you <laughs> kind of just quickly introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got connected on this journey of becoming a Jewish roots scholar. Yeah. Well, it's got a few surprising twists and turns. I grew up in a pretty um, religious, devout Christian home. Um, My family, Lutheran good folks, they had tons of Christian books Mm -hmm. on our bookshelves, you know, lots of Billy Graham and all these really nice things. We had, you know, some books, they're all about the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And I thought I knew a lot, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I grew up with a bunch of nerds. Everybody in my family was a nerd. There were a lot of science people mm-hmm. and I actually went into the sciences sure. originally. I yeah. have, have a biology, uh, PhD. And I, um, when I had, I, um, uh, there was one year about 25 years ago that I st- went to a class at my church with this fellow named Ray Vanderlaan Mm. that I think that you've mentioned a few times on this podcast. Who's that? Who's that guy? Hmm. He actually lives in my area. And I, at first I said, what crazy stuff is this guy saying? And then I got hooked. I was fascinated and enthralled. And so yeah. I actually started just kind of on the side out of my own nerdy brain. I said, boy, I need to know more. Wow. And then I went to Israel with him. I've been to Israel lots of times now. I've uh, studied Hebrew and Greek, and I have done a lot of reading of rabbinic literature and lots of uh, Jewish 
material. And then that's how I got into it. And now that's my life today is writing about the Jewish context, uh, the the ancient original Hebraic context of the Bible. That's, that's fabulous. That's the best students just need their curiosity peaked and then they just go. Yeah, that'd be it. That's awesome. That's awesome, Lewis. Well, so we've got a great conversation. We're actually going to be having two episodes with Lois, so this week and next. So I was able to uh, read her book. I think this one I got from uh, Learning the Bible um, with Rabbi Jesus, but I can't remember exactly. So you all just have to read all the books to figure out where I got these questions from. (laughs) It's reading the Bible. Oh, there. Yeah, it was reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus. Yeah, there we go. So, um, so in that book, you talked about Greek brain versus Hebrew brain and the importance of understanding the difference as 21st century readers of the Bible. So Lois, from your study and understanding of the Hebraic context of the scriptures, what does a Westerner steeped in Western culture need to understand about Eastern culture that would help them better understand and read the Bible? And thus be a better teacher of it to their students? Ooh, that's a great question. It's a huge question. Mm -hmm. Uh, It honestly, to promote, um, to not just promote my book, but if people are curious, the, my last book, that was the question is, what is it culturally that's getting in the way of us understanding our Bibles? And it's not just one thing, but it's a whole bunch of things. And um, one of the major things is um, a term that not everybody quite will catch before they've uh, had it defined. The people talk about Westernism or the West, and they're really talking about uh, originally you were talking about Western Europe, and then that means America and mm-hmm. Australia and Canada, all of the countries that come out of that European cultural background. We tend to think in a certain way. We tend to ask questions. We value mm-hmm. certain things. We're very strong on. Uh, um, we're very strong on rationalism. Can yeah. I prove this? Mm-hmm. And uh, is it can yeah. is it provable? Is it reasonable? We f- spend a lot of time thinking like that. Whereas yeah. people talk about Eastern cultures um, and. Then, you know, you're, of course, you're thinking of the, the ancient Middle East, where mm-hmm. the Jewish people lived. You're thinking of, um, now I'm more aware, actually, that we're not just talking about them, but actually much of the world mm-hmm. does not quite think the yeah. way Europeans do. Sure. Which really surprised yeah. me. I have friends in, in Hong Kong who are fascinated with the Jewishness of Jesus because... Mm-hmm. Eastern, his way of thinking makes more sense to them. So I mean, wow. you're curious. What is the yeah. thing? So yes. Um, so you have the Westerners who s- sit around saying, can I prove this? Can I define it? Can I set up a, can I reason using yeah. syllogistic definitional logic? And you're saying, what are we talking about? You know, God is... <laughs> Yeah. Immutable. He is impassable. You use these very long, abstract words in order to find God. Sure. You don't find much of that in the yep. Bible. Right. 
we spend a lot of time in definitions and theological presuppositions, mm-hmm. whereas the Bible itself, especially the Old Testament, talks, it's very concrete. Yeah. The, it speaks, yeah. God has this relationship with Israel. Yeah. He says, don't do this. Stop it. <laughs> you know? And much more. And even when you're listening to Jesus communicating, he's speaking in very concrete mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a well-known guy, Ken Bailey. He's written a lot of books. Mm-hmm. You might have talked about his books about um, he lived among Arabs. He's a theologian. Sure. And he admitted that when he was um, first out of graduate school, he had this degree in systematic theology. And he he admitted, I didn't say this, he did. He said, he kind of thought, you know, he loved Paul. Paul was brilliant. Jesus, he thought, was, he yeah. just told silly stories for the kids mm-hmm. about fishermen and fish and lambs. And he's like, what a goof. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, okay, he didn't use that word. But <laughs> the point being, yeah. Westernism yeah. tends to be very, it tends to be very, I would say arrogant. Mm. It tends to assume you must prove something to me for it to be a valid thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas non-Western Easternism says real things exist. Real people have experiences. This is the history of my people mm-hmm. and my family and our tradition. And these are the things that I will tell you about. Yeah. And I will tell you them yeah. in concrete ways. Right. That's, yeah. You said you had talked about in your book, you know, that a lot of the times Jesus communicated in parables and in metaphor and in story mm-hmm. format. And you just kind of alluded to that, too, with Dr. Bailey thinking that Jesus was some silly storyteller. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is, is that the Easterners experience God and that's kind of their greater way of understanding him. And so, you know, if I'm a youth pastor and I'm trying to teach to my students about how in the Eastern world thinks about the Bible and how they experience God more so than they do maybe systematically understand or understand him with a list of, mm. um, you know, different mm. allegiances or something like Dogmas that. And yeah. Doctrines. Yeah. What are some, yeah. what are some practical ways yeah. that a youth pastor mm-hmm. could teach the Bible in a way that mm-hmm. helps the Western teenagers mm-hmm. understand the Bible? Like, the Eastern world did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, I, I, I totally agree with you about experiencing God versus defining and defending the belief in God. Yeah. That's a very good split difference between the one way or the other way. And of course, I think the first thing people would say is, well, I need to look into my inner thoughts mm. And let me think about how do I ascend to heaven and experience God? And that's that's how we would say, I would say, no. Well, there is an yeah. Easternism that does that. That's not, mm-hmm. that is not biblical Easternism. This is actually, sometimes people talk yeah. about, I would actually rather either say non-Western, because mm-hmm. Westernism has its own, or Middle East, but just to say yeah. Easternism mm-hmm. We tend to start uh, mixing the ideas of the biblical New Testament or Old yeah. Testament world with all of people uh, of much of 
of uh, Asia where yeah. they do say, I will look within my soul and right. I will find God there. The experience right. of God that I would say that the uh, a Jewish person would actually say is, let me tell you about how my people have experienced God. Because um, Middle Easterners tend to think of themselves like uh, as a part of a community with a long history and right. that history of that community is more important. And so they would say, yeah. uh, my God made a covenant with my people and he has rescued us many times. He's faithful to us. And so mm -hmm. he, he or she would um, look for that experience of God rather than defining God. It's his community's experience of God. And it's not necessarily how he felt about God last week, but how his community has related to God over uh, the millennia. Right. So a Hebraic mindset says God acted in real time and space and we witnessed that, but we are carriers of that and storytellers of that. And sometimes in really creative ways mm -hmm. that will surprise you versus yeah. the Greek way of thinking, which would become the Western way of thinking. We'll think of the line of Socrates and then Plato and, or Aristotle, we're going to categorize everything, break it out into their parts and show it with empirical evidence. That's where, mm -hmm. when you say like the U S and Canada and Western Europe, mm -hmm. we tend to think with that Greek heritage, but when we back up into the world of Jesus, like you're saying, mm -hmm. it's very much our people experience God. Mm -hmm. Let us tell you a barrage of stories yeah. that imparts that knowledge to you. That's so That's cool. Yeah, which is very different. Yeah, which is really the way that I feel like people remember things better anyways. I mean, whenever I have a oh, student yeah. sharing a testimony of what God's done in their life, or even an adult, people always remember that more so than they did some teaching that I did on, you know, the three points of whatever, or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's and not just that it's memorable, but it's convincing, you know, we say, well, only a good proof, a solid theological proof should be convincing. And it's like, no, actually, personal experience is more convincing to, and not just personal experience, but my people's experience of God. Yeah. Right. That's how and and I, that gives me hope too, Lois, that like, we don't have to have the whole Bible figured out to convince our students to follow Jesus. <laughs> right. We just have yeah. to keep telling the story of God. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much. He's been faithful. Look right? at all these cool, faithful things he's done. Yeah. And look at, he's doing this for us, me, now. I hope you have joined us in this. Yeah. Like, how can I say that? You know, because you hear my, you hear my plurality. I'm, I'm shifting a little bit. You know, there's this very strong sense of us. Yeah. Um, and uh, like um, when... Um, when Jesus was born and you have Simeon and Anna mm -hmm. in the temple mm -hmm. and they're both, mm -hmm. they, they're saying, Oh, finally God has come to this, come to Israel. And they're all interested in Israel and he will redeem Israel, mm. his people. And so this usness yeah. is yeah. a big deal to them. And in the same way that he, then Jesus starts talking about God's kingdom, which I said, well, that's so abstract. I don't know. That's some strange thing. No, he's talking about all those people. God is our big family of the people that Jesus is going to save. 
and yeah. become the king of. Amen. And so that that's a very concrete reality. And so you're as you're talking to your students, you're either talking to them as part of this kingdom, or maybe you're saying maybe you're not at the point where you have, you know, Jesus says repent and and enter under his reign. There's a sense of you do have to yeah. make a yeah. individual. That's so important, Lois. Actually, um, I don't remember. I think. Well, you could let me know. I I remember quoting this in my book. I quoted from you and talking about the chapter that you had about where we put too many we's in or too many me's in the Bible when it should be a we because that's how the scripture yeah. reads. And I think what you're saying is yeah. so important to the church community at large, not just the youth ministry community, but to get back to understanding that it's really about all of us. It's not just about me and my personal relationship yeah. with God. It's about yeah. everybody's personal relationship with God and how yeah. we relate with one another in the story of God. And that yeah. if we can get back yep. to understanding that, then we can have a greater accountability for each other, greater love for one another. So can can you kind of unpack that maybe a little bit more for our listeners? Your That chapter that you had, I don't remember if it was Swimming in the Sahara or jumping in the Jordan or sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus. I don't remember which which edition it was, but I here, I'll even look it's still in oh, still talking about my I keep forgetting that we um people can't see me as I'm holding up stuff. So um well it's and right now we're talking about a section in my book that's called How the Bible Thinks. Yeah. And I don't mean it in this kind of sweet I don't, Think biblically. No, well, you know, the Bible isn't always so cuddly and warm as we think it is. And, oh, but no. it, um, it, the chapter you're talking about is called "Reading the Bible as a We," mm-hmm. and and then I start out by talking about like there's this Bible. I bought a copy of it. It's a, my e copy, so it's in the electron form somewhere. But it's it's called the U version, oh, yeah. where U is Lois. And, you know, my name's Lois. Yeah. And so it reads, everything reads about how Lois is the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, it just, uh, it, the whole thing is, is refocused on me yeah. as, um, okay, Lois, like a sheep has gone astray, Lois has Turned to her own way, and lo- the Lord has laid on him Lois's iniquity. Mm. Do you see? Yeah. And it's this weird, distorted perspective, which is actually kind of how we read it now. Yeah. Um, but you have to learn how to think as um, this is a wonderful big family full of people. It's not only about me, but I am a part of it. That God loves them, but He loves me yes. too, and so. Yeah. Do you know the, yeah. the language of kingdom and mm-hmm. submitting to the reign of Jesus yeah. is so important to our students. And right now they're watching a world that is so polarized and divided yeah. and can't even treat each other well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. the idea of not just being a citizen, but being a citizen that reflects God's virtue mm-hmm. is so important. And yeah. I love, I love that your work just brings out that belief in Jesus is to participate in a, in a reign of yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, 
and to imitate him. I mean, and that's where I know you've been talking about disciples and disciples as rabbis. And, and honestly, you know, when God were, were told about the goodness of God and we're supposed to imitate God, but exactly. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. in Jesus, we see all of this generosity and then we are supposed to imitate this generosity and this willingness to forgive mm-hmm. and it's tolerate. all relational, isn't it? It's yeah, all, it's, it's all you plural. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all, no. y'all, <laughs> y'all, we're not, we're, we're men Westerners. We're not Southerners, but, and so we live without y'all. We should bring some y'all back and, there's y'all in <laughs> Iowa. You got to oh, remember that. Definitely Southern in Missouri. Iowa. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lois, this has been a really fun conversation, and we always like to try to keep our episodes around twenty minutes or less. And so, hey, Lois, what are some ways that people can connect with you? What are some resources you'd like to share so that people can hear more about your work? Well. Uh, you already know that I tend to like to write about Rabbi Jesus, <laughs> and my website is our Rabbi Jesus O U R R A B B or R A B B I Jesus whatever. So our Rabbi Jesus. If you want to read more of my thinking, more articles, hear what I'm up to. Yeah. That's where I'm at. So that would be me. Cool. Um, or, and I am sometimes on Facebook and other things. Too, Neat. But. Well, that's great. Well, Lois, thanks again for the great conversation. And definitely tune in next week as we jump in with part two of our conversation with Lois Taberberg. And in the meantime, please don't forget to sign up for our free Zoom roundtable discussion with John Farwell that's coming up on September the 16th. That's going to drop at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be taking a look at the Hebraic mindset and studying the Bible uh, by looking at the geography of the Bible. So this is a free discussion. John's got a ton of experience in this, has a degree from JUC in geography. And um, so we're really looking forward to have you all join us for that. So the, uh, the Zoom link, just send us a email at firstcenteryyouthministry at gmail.com and we will get you that Zoom link to join us for that conversation. And our new parables curriculum is dropping October the 1st. So be ready for that. And you can sign up. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. And you can start signing up for the cohort. Just go to firstcenteryyouthministry.com and uh, find the parables cohort tab and get registered today. So friends, thanks for joining us on this conversation and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye everyone.